Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Raj. I am also here with a great talent uh, from Ohio, a fellow Ohioan who has uh, taken her pro-life skills uh, to the highest levels in her profession. She is the former uh, 2001 Miss Ohio. So I am very honored and privileged to have Laura Current here. Uh, to talk about some great stuff she's doing and the importance of life. So, Laura, thanks so much for coming on. Jerry, thanks so much for the invite. I love talking about life. I love talking about Ohio and the community. Yes, and of so Ohio. I have to admit when um, when I I had to when I looked you up and to, to look you know some of your background and I saw you were from from Rosewood in Champaign County. I went. Where is that? So I had to look it up and, and I know exactly where I've, I've been in roughly that area. I've been all over Ohio my whole life. Even on the map, it's kind of hard to find, isn't it? It's probably about a mile long by a mile wide. Yeah, you have to zoom in. You're like, oh, OK, it's northeast of Troy. OK, all right. That makes sense. So I wanted to maybe start with that because we'll talk about a lot of the cool things that you've, you've been involved in. Being Miss Ohio is a pretty cool thing. And you were 20 years old at the time when you won? Yes, I was. So um, yeah, really unique times um, doing that. And actually, I love that you were able to look at my small town because that's just shaped so much of who I am. And my background is just, I think, unique, maybe a little quirky, but unique. I grew up uh, as one of seven kids. I'm number six on a cattle farm in rural, rural Ohio. Um, Just grew up with a beautiful family who loved the Lord very much and taught us children to do the same. Uh, We cared for our community um, and we're just taught the importance of life, life on the farm and life in our church and general human life. So just a beautiful place to grow up, beautiful to be raised in a big family. Now I joke, there's a pretty big age gap between me and child number six. So we have one boy who just turned 16, so just got his license. And then the oldest kids are now having kids. So we have babies and new drivers, and it's just a beautiful time in a big family. So uh, a bit of a different upbringing there to where a sheltered, in a very good way, protected upbringing um, just taught good values, uh, values from the Bible and the way that God views life and God views us and how we're uniquely designed by him. And then it was kind of stepping out into these other areas, um, even just going to college and then getting involved in the Miss America organization, getting involved in other organizations that I really started to see, okay, the way that society views life is very, very different than the Bible and is very harmful, not only to unborn babies, but harmful to society, harmful to families. And so that's kind of where my background shapes a little bit of what I'm doing now and why I'm doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I know the whole, I know the, uh, the gap in kids, my, uh, my oldest sister is a year older and my youngest are 20 years apart. And so, uh, my little sister was an aunt, I want to say at age five or six or something like that. And it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but you, so in looking up, looking up Rosewood, Ohio, uh, again, for those in Ohio and live here in Ohio, it's just Northeast of Troy or, you know, further Northeast of Dayton, roughly, sort of, you know, northwest of uh, Columbus and so on. Um, it's, I think the population that I looked up was like less than a thousand in the actual city. Oh, now, yeah. Maybe that was slightly inaccurate. So what was it like? I mean, I, I can't imagine. I, I didn't grow up in major cities. I mean, I'm a suburbs of Cleveland. Um, but what was it like in 
going to school and what was the community like? So I always joke that, and it's not a joke, it's reality. There were more cows on my farm than there were people in my town. And even like my family, extended family, probably took up half that population. Half that population is probably currents. Um, So it was, it was a small, tight-knit community. We have one little general store, one little firehouse, and one little church. And that's that's Rosewood. Um, And so I was actually homeschooled through all of elementary school. And again, that was very intentional by my parents. But something about me is I just loved being around people. And when you're in town that small, your neighbors are like miles away. And my church was really small. I had a great youth group, but my church was small. And so around seventh grade, I finally, I broke and I was like, I have to go to to school. I have to be around more people. Um, So I went to Troy Christian, which is just a great Christian school in Troy, Ohio, north of Dayton, and finished out my academic um, career there. And so that's just kind of where I got uh, to get involved a little bit more with just people around. But being in a, from a small town is, is special for a lot of reasons. One is because you're very close with everyone, close with my family, close with my community, and can really care and see the needs around you. Um, but it also creates, again, I, I think especially for children, children need to be up, brought up in a safe environment, an environment that is fostering uh, good qualities and, and good morals for that shape the rest of their lives. And that's what Rosewood provided for me and my siblings to where now I can step into these more secular areas with good, strong roots and a good understanding of truth and where truth comes from. So for me, Ohio um, and Rosewood, Ohio will always be home and, and it was just a beautiful place to grow up. Yeah. So I'm just curious then as far as the uh, getting into pageants. So so how did that start? What age did you get involved in that? Because that's especially coming from a, you know, a, a small town, uh, farm town. Um, that's yeah. a unique area to get into. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, that's what people ask me, like, oh, was it a dream always to, to be Miss Ohio? No, never even heard of it. I actually, to this day, have never watched Miss America. I probably should at this point, but um, no. And so really the way that that got started was through agriculture. So I got a job when I was 19. I was with the Ohio Fair Managers Association, which is just an agriculture industry for youth. And my role was I'd travel around to the 88 counties and I educated people, adults and children, about agriculture and where their food came from. And I fell in love with meeting people. And so I was at one event and a woman came up to me and she was like, hey, you're good at public speaking. You could use a scholarship. Um, you should give Miss Ohio a try. My daughter did it several years ago. You'd, you'd really like it. And I kind of thought, mm, like, I just didn't know anything about it. Like, I'd seen some movies where maybe pageantry was a thing, but I, I didn't know. Um, I thought, okay, some mean girls in a, in a weird situation, in a weird environment. And so I really didn't give it too much thought until March of 2020. COVID hit. And so I just got sent home. I was at Taylor University at the time out in Indiana finishing up my sophomore year. And we all got sent home thinking, okay, it's going to be a few weeks and then, okay, maybe a few months. And um, I started to get a little bored and it was like, okay, well, maybe I will give this Miss Ohio thing a try. There's a couple locals. You have to compete in a local competition in order to qualify for state. And I was like, there's a couple left before the state in the summer. Maybe I could try it out. And she was right. I was in college. Scholarship's always a win there. Um, I danced. I grew up dancing. So there's a talent portion. I love a good competitive interview. And I I have a little bit of a competitive side to me. So I was like, this this could be fun. And, And again, what else is anybody doing right now? So I competed in March of 2020 at a local. And shockingly, I I won. And the very next day, 
the country shuts down. And so I was thinking, okay, this Miss Ohio thing, it's March now, Miss Ohio competes in June, three month long commitment. Well, that turned into over a year. Um, but in that, I just fell in love with the girls that I was competing with. They were sharp, they were smart, they were um, incredibly kind, and they pushed me to be better and to, to, I mean, in all areas of life. So I just really fell in love with the competing side of that, uh, but also just the service that you're able to do. I was able to, even in the midst of COVID, uh, travel around the state and talk about education. I have kind of a unique story through my own education, um, and I value a good, solid education. I'm somebody who believes that a good education can unlock incredible doors of opportunity. And so I was able to really use that through COVID um, and encourage a lot of students, both statewide and nationally. So then when I went to Miss Ohio in June of 2021, as the youngest competitor, as a first year girl from Hicktown, Ohio, I was able to present, here's everything that I've done. And here's kind of what I stand for. And, and here's the beliefs that I have. And here's how that could benefit Ohio. And and that was enough. And the judges absolutely loved that and gave me the opportunity to, to show that to the state. And then, on, of course, on a national level, to again present my values and present where I came from all the way back to Rosewood, Ohio. So it was an incredible opportunity, um, meeting a lot of incredible people who still to this day feed into my life. And there's seeds that I've gotten to plant that now I've gotten to continue to feed into or see grow. So all in all, a beautiful experience, one that I couldn't have seen coming at all, but very thankful that happened. Yeah, it's 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 cool with the where you're you you went from you know just being approached about it. Next thing you know, within a couple of years or, mm-hmm. or less, you're you're mm-hmm. Miss Ohio. Uh, that is really cool. So I presume that in in Rosewood they have a a, a sign or something that says Miss Ohio is from oh, here or something because you see those all over the place there's been jokes about it it was really sweet though there's a send-off party before going to miss america and i mean when i say everybody in my county came it was just the sweetest thing because it was it was just an exciting time i think it was just a good excuse for the community to get together and to celebrate around somebody or something so i i do give a lot of credit to where i've come from and the people that i've come from yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the whole pro-life um, stance that you have taken, and it, it can be, it can be received in various ways. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think it's it it is a an inspirational one. It's it's great that you have taken this. I feel like that, especially in the Miss USA, that the the sort of leaders of that would not be fond of the pro-life ideology. Like if you were asked a question on, and you're on Miss, you know, USA and, and you're asked the question and you bring up pro-life that that would be controversial. How was it received um, at all levels, Miss Ohio level and then beyond? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so it, it was received Um, differently by different audiences and different people. Um, That's something when stepping into this, I really prayed a lot about because I'm knowingly here stepping into a very secular area where, yes, I mean, they're kind of blatant with these are things we accept and these are things that as an organization for women, we are saying are empowering to women. And I fundamentally disagree that abortion is is empowering to women in any way. Um, and I've seen that firsthand with, with girls that I know and girls that I've competed with where this is not a good thing. The culture of life and sex and dating and, and all these things that we are saying are good for women really aren't. 
Um, and so that's what I really prayed about is, okay, Lord, if I'm going to step into this, then, then equip me, you know, be by, be by my side that, okay, I'm saying truth. I'm never backing down from that, even in situations where, okay, I know I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get some backlash for this. Um, but give me the right words to say, so that I'm not turning away people. I'm not, um, missing out on any opportunities, but I'm really able to, to share truth, um, in a way that's full of love and full of grace and full of um, just encouragement and true empowerment to women and people. And so I was able to do that. Um, and of course, there were situations where, no, 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 I was, I had a lot of pushback. Um, and I found there's interesting things in both. There were situations that came up um, that I could have, like, I would have thought that that was the last place in the world that I'd kind of get the opportunity to share about Jesus Christ or share about my pro-life views. And people kind of intentionally brought that out and asked me that or wanted me to talk about that. And then in other situations where I really got pressed on that, what I found interesting was more so than being pressed on pro-life views, I was pressed on my faith. And that kind of solidified, okay, this is, this is not just a society issue. This is not a women's health issue. This is an attack against God. And, and that became very evident in the attacks that they threw at me, that they threw at other pro-lifers. Um, and, and so it was just unique to navigate all those. And again, I was blessed with, with really good, solid people around me that I was able to, okay, how do I deal with this situation? And, and how do, again, do I stay true to what I'm saying and what is truth without... Um, kind of shutting that door without shutting that conversation off. And so um, I will give one example. During one interview, I was directly asked um, about what what is my response? How did he say it? He said, um, my body, my choice, respond. And so I was able to respond to that and again, say exactly what I believed without saying, okay, that's totally wrong. And that's all these these reasons that it's harmful and terrible. It's like, okay, here's, here's how I can directly say it. Um, that again, kind of invites for more conversation to where we have a little bit more time to discuss things. So I got, I got both. I really did get both. Well, you, you definitely have the natural talent and ability to, to speak and speak very well. Uh, so I can definitely see how you were impressive to the judges in, in Miss Ohio Thank you. and, uh, and all your competitions and in front of people, uh, you know, who ask those types of questions, like, what do you say about my body, my choice? Uh, and, and I, I've done those, I've been on college campuses and I've spoken and, uh, took questions and it is very, very easy. And in one time I, I think, you know, I got a little bit upset and I don't think my answers and my engagement was, is sort of welcoming as it should have been. And I think it pushed the people away in the one instance and I brought it back and kind of, you know, calmed down very quickly, but, um, I think you're right in, in how we have to we have to respond properly. Language and, matters. That's the biggest yeah. thing I think I learned is language matters because we can be saying the right things, but if we're not saying them correctly, and again, not showing God's love in the midst of that, then then we really are just playing into to a terrible narrative. Um, and so that was that was one thing is even just through social media, I got a lot of pushback of your job is to represent women empowerment. So how could you be against? reproductive health and reproductive these things. And, and so that was when I really got the opportunity to be like, no, 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 I, I have these views and I believe these things because I am about women empowerment. I am about the health of women. Um, and so to kind of explain it and break it down that way, it kind of, sometimes the attacks allowed me to open the door to those types of conversations, even if they weren't intending to. Yeah, for, absolutely. And so you ultimately, you went on to Ohio State 
and uh, you finished up there and now you're at uh, you're doing a sort of virtual Harvard uh, while working here in Ohio. You just couldn't leave Ohio. That's that's my take <laughs> on it. You just couldn't leave. I am just a planner and I've just found out that God just chuckles at my plans. That's what I've that's what I found out. So, yep, I finished up my undergrad at Ohio State and then um was going to get my master's at Ohio State. Some things changed, and I said, no, I'm not going to get my master's right now. I'm going to get a job. I want to focus on um, the pro-life, conservative, family values area, um, specifically try to work for a nonprofit and, and work a couple years. And then I got accepted to Harvard University. So I decided, okay, instead of quitting for the job that I just got hired to, let's let's figure out a way to do both. And so it's worked out wonderfully. Um, my job is amazing, and my boss is, is amazing and letting me kind of do both. Uh, but it's worked out well. Yeah, so tell us about where you're working then uh, a little bit about the group. So I work for Heartbeat International, which is the world's largest affiliation of pregnancy help organizations. So that includes maternity homes, pregnancy care centers, clinics, um, anything that's around the area of pregnancy help. And so we provide trainings, resources. Um, we just finished up a conference last week, but any ways that we can help Pregnancy help organizations help women, aid women. Um, and so I jumped on as the assistant to our president. Um, that role's kind of changed a little bit. And I also now get to write for Pregnancy Help News, which is a news outlet that um, talks about the pro-life wins. So if you look at the news or the media, um, and anywhere pro-life, it's kind of filled with policy or the hard things that are happening in life. But there's wins in the pro-life movement every single day. There's there's abortions that are being reversed and babies that are born healthy and families that are flourishing. Um, and so I get to really report on those specific things as my beat and celebrate along with those and encourage others as well as myself being encouraged through that. So that's paired up really well um, with going to school. And I've kind of got to use both platforms to, again, share uh, the truth about pro-life. Yeah. So you had mentioned uh, uh, your your writing. So you do have a, a great article um, in, in re- called Trying to Change People's Hearts, Pro-Life Student Groups Undeterred by Woke Mob at Harvard. And that's on PregnancyHelpNews.com. Very well written. Uh, PregnancyHelpNews.com. And uh, yeah, so you go from Ohio State to Harvard. And even though, you know, we have been singing the praises of Ohio and my son goes to Ohio State, love Ohio State, um, any university these days, doesn't matter what it is, even if it's a Christian university, quite frankly, uh, you know, you're typically dealing with most mostly leftists, especially the professors and the like. Um, how were you received on the Ohio State campus. You don't have to give me names of people or anything, just in general, you know, how did you find a lot of like-minded people even in a, you know, sort of liberal community? Yes, you're 100% on with with where schools are going right now. And I, I appreciate, and it's unfortunate what you said is true, even with Christian schools, even with private Christian colleges, um, this is creeping in. And it's it's a big thing that we need to keep our eye on. Um, again, I love Ohio State too. I'm a third generation Buckeye. I, I'm all about it. Uh, I had a hard time at Ohio State. I really did. I was in the social work program, um, the macro side, so focusing on government policy, nonprofit organizations, and larger communities. And so especially in the social work area, the department, but I think in all areas of college, I mean, you, you say any kind of belief or view that remotely aligns with the Bible and, and you're really pushed into a corner. You really are. And it's, it's sad and, um, it's, it's completely unethical and unfair. 
Um, and so I had a bit of a hard time there. I had some professors who were blatantly biased and blatantly um, just unfair. And, and I had to report a couple of those incidences uh, just because it was very difficult. Uh, going to uh, Harvard, I was also a little nervous about this because we all know rep Harvard's reputation for that. Um, I was at their commencement last year uh, for a friend's graduation, and they had a speaker come in, and everything that the speaker said, I was like, I fundamentally disagree with each one of your views. Um, so I really stepped into that with a little bit of hesitancy and even just not committing to will I graduate from Harvard, but just, okay, let's let's give it a try, take some classes. Um, and I was blown away actually by the professionalism of the Harvard professors, because even ones that I can tell are, are pretty secular, um, they treat it fairly. You know, they, they allow me to express my opinions, which I just as a student, as a person, appreciate that very much. When it comes to the broader campus of both Ohio State and Harvard, again, it just becomes a little difficult. And, and this is where it's my generation. And so part of it, it feels like a little piece of, of my heart is kind of saddened for this because these are, these are kids. I'll, I'll lump myself in with that. There's, these are young adults who, who have just been fed lies for a long time, and it just has gotten messy. What is true and what is good? And they're listening to society of, of all these things that, okay, this is, this is how you achieve happiness, and this is how you achieve freedom, or this is how you achieve um, of, of these good things that are healthy for you or empowering, and it's really not. And I just see these friends, these these classmates, these people around me, um, just fall into these pitfalls. And and for for what reason? When the truth is right around us, and the truth is um, healing and helpful, and and just to see that is is hard. Um, and then on the flip side, to be then attacked for that. Um, it, it is discouraging. That's the best word for it. Is it's discouraging um, in both in both places. Have you ever had uh, a spe specifically a young woman who maybe was left leaning or had you know had the ideology of the left that in order to be pro woman or you know, you know the like you had to be pro abortion and seeing you hearing you speak and so on because you can you know you are an influential person in, in that you're successful, you're happy, you're an empower, you're empowered, right? You're not, you're not a meek woman. You're, you're strong, confident. Um, have you ever felt like you've it, at least opened the eyes of, of a young woman? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, then, like I said, the opportunities surprisingly so come up quite often through things that I will say in a class, through things that I'll say um, in a group of people or even through social media. I'll be will. I'll get that that peak of curiosity, someone coming up to me and just being like, Laura, I you're a kind person. How are you having these unkind views towards reproductive health? And I'm able to explain, okay, this is why society is saying that it's unkind. But, but here's the truth about it. And here's the reality of what this does to women. And it is, it's that peak of curiosity of, of like you said, there's, there's something different. And so I don't understand why Laura thinks the way she does or why Laura lives the way she does. And so, okay, let me just ask a few questions. And I've seen some of that to where, okay, I'm able to explain it and explain it well and change minds. And other times I'm just able to, again, 
just pique that curiosity enough that they, they continue to think about it. And again, it's a hard battle because, like you said, messaging matters. And the left, big abortion, is really good at messaging and really good at labeling pro-lifers as a certain way or a certain type of people. Um, and so it's been interesting to be in realms that kind of help break that stereotype or to be in situations that kind of open the door to, okay, maybe there's a little bit more to the idea of life and the right to life and the sanctity of life than, than what I've been told. Maybe there's a little bit more to women empowerment than what I've been told. Um, and so those opportunities have come up and, and those are the opportunities that I really celebrate and really help me get past the same amount of times when it's okay. I feel really discouraged and it's, it's sad to see these things. Yeah. So, um, you, you kind of summed up, um, everything in, in that I was going to ask sort of in my last question, which was, which was going to be, and, and maybe you could concisely uh, sum this up. If a young woman, let's say 19 years old, just entering college, who believes that the, her empowerment, her success in life depends on her ability to have an abortion if she wants to. What is your response to a young woman who says that? I want to start by empowering her in, in who she is and who she is because of who she was created to be. So I am, like I said, I am all for women empowerment, but what society is saying is women empowerment is not true. And so if we can break down, okay, how are you as an individual, as a young girl, um, created to be? And women are created to be mothers. We are created with the ability that men don't have, with the capability that men don't have. And so I actually see it as very unempowering for big abortion to be coming in and saying, the thing you were created to do, you're not strong enough to do it, and you can't do it without an abortion. No, 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 that's a lie. The one thing that I'm created to do, we're able to, and we can point to, to many different situations, many different examples of empowered women, incredible women who have many kids, I mean, on our Supreme Court, or my mother who, who was a doctor and, and had seven kids and homeschooled, you know, there's, there's example after example, both on a secular scale and, and a mass scale um, of women who, who are truly empowered in their femininity, in their womanhood, in their motherhood, that no, no, no the lie that big abortion is telling you is nothing more than a lie, is nothing more than a gain for them. Um, and again, it's, it's not because of what we're able to accomplish through our jobs, through our careers, but because of who God created us to be as mothers. And ultimately, the, the fundamental uh, issue at hand for so many of those that, that think that way is that they don't they don't have a belief in God. And if they did, they wouldn't, in my belief, overwhelmingly, they would not be pro-abortion. Um, and so that's really the, sort of the, what's caused all this is a lack of, of faith in God. And then, you know, then ultimately people will believe in anything like transgenderism and everything that, that we're dealing with right now. Um, if you don't believe in God, then, hey, I guess then there can be- Then where does truth come from? Yeah, what where does right truth come from? Yeah. Yeah. And so, oh, 130 genders. Okay. Right. You'll believe anything. So yeah, really great stuff. Really great work that you're doing. Uh, Laura Current, uh, Miss Ohio 2021, uh, doing some great work, speaking the truth and uh, doing it with a smile and uh, 
and doing it well. So, uh, Laura Current, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of P-Days Podcast. Please check out my podcast and all the podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, on whkradio.com, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on brightamericamedia.com. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time. I know it'll be alright I know what